Okay, today we're going to be looking at the French Revolution. First thing, as always, we're going to look at the big ideas. Uh, and we only have two. One is to identify the reason for France's economic troubles in 1789. And the other one is the big unit idea of identifying the causes and consequences of major political revolutions. Obviously, the French Revolution is a major political revolution. So we need to look at France in 1789. And like many European countries at this time, France is socially divided. It has been for many, many years since the Middle Ages. And it's going to be separated into different social classes. Um, obviously, at the top is the king. Uh, the king holds 90% of the power in France. Uh, pretty much unlimited power, if you think about it. And then the rest of French society is divided into what they call estates. And there's three estates. The first is at the top, and it is the clergy. The, the church leaders. The second estate is nobility. These are land uh, landowners uh, that have been passed down generation to generation. And the third estate was the rest of the people. So this is the biggest estate, uh, yet it holds the least amount of power. So let's look at each a little more in depth. The first, like I said, is the clergy. Uh, they hold about 10% of the land. Um, they're not taxed by the government, uh, and they do provide some services to the poor, uh, but they also have become extremely wealthy from collecting fees over the many, many years from people. The second estate is the nobility, and the most notable things about the nobility is they are the holder of top jobs in the government, the army, in courts, and the church as well. And then finally, the third estate. Third estate is the most diverse because it's made up of the most people. And it's actually divided in and of itself, too. At the, the top of the third estate is what we would call the middle class, and they're referred to as the bourgeoisie. Um, below them, you would have rural peasants, which was the majority of people in the third estate. And then the lowest of all would be urban workers, the urban poor in France. Um, so what we're going to look at now are the roots of tension, or uh, where does the tension between all of these estates come from? Well, first we have to look at the fact that the first and second estate pay almost no taxes, even though they are the wealthiest of the three. Um, as I said, the first definitely pays no taxes, and the second estate pays very, 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 very little. Whereas you had peasants in the third estate, and members of the third estate, paying taxes not only on land, but on other things such as soap, salt, uh, etc. The next thing we have to look at is France's economic condition at the time. And France is suffering from a massive national debt. And where this debt came from is from deficit spending. Uh, and simply put, that means the French government was spending more money than they were taking in. They were collecting taxes, but not enough to pay for the things they were paying for. And what were they paying for? Well, two of the big things at this time that had led to it was war spending. France had been involved in two major wars, the Seven Years' War, and had been a part of the American Revolution. And so what happens is the government borrows more and more money building up this national debt. Um, 
One of the other things we need to look at, too, is France also suffers from a series of bad harvests. And what this does is, since food is being produced less and less because of the bad harvest, the price of food increases, which obviously hurts the poorest members of society because they're almost unable to afford loaves of bread. It's that bad. Finally, today what we're going to look at is in 1788, uh, France is looming on bankruptcy. And King Louis XVI is going to call the Estates General. And what the Estates General is, is when members of each of the three estates would get together, and you could think of it acting as uh, the Congress. they vote on things, um, even though the amount of power they really had was questionable because the king was so powerful. So each estate would send representatives, and they usually would vote separately. And what this usually meant is the first and second estate always outvoted the third. So what the third estate wants is to meet as a whole and count votes on an individual basis by head to make sure that everything's going correctly. And in 1789, June of that year, uh, the third estate is going to do something very daring. They're actually going to declare themselves the National Assembly, meaning they are saying, we speak for the people. Well, what happens uh, mysteriously is a few days later, the National Assembly Hall, where they're supposed to meet, is locked. So they actually go over to an indoor tennis court and meet there. And it's there, as you can see in this picture, where they make their famous uh, tennis court oath. And all the oath is, is to never separate and to meet wherever the circumstances might require until we establish a sound and just constitution. So this was their oath to the people, mostly the third estate people, saying we are going to do whatever it takes to write a constitution that is fair. For too many years, most of society has been, you know, uh, been at the bottom, been treated poorly, and we need to change that. So that is the tennis court oath. And what we are going to see is that this is just the beginning of over a decade of revolution inside uh, the country. So if we look back at our big ideas, the first was to identify the reason for France's economic troubles in 1789. We talked about that. And to identify the causes and consequences of major political revolutions, in this case the French Revolution.